Welcome back to part two of Towards Connection, episode 13. In part one, I spoke to Nancy, who became a doula after the death of her son. And I just looked at her and I was like, but my baby just died. And like everyone stops, you know, and everyone's just in shock. Like, what did she just say? And I wasn't being like cruel. I just needed a hug. I needed someone to look at me and be like, fuck, babe, that's so horrible. How are you even here buying bananas? And now on to part two, the birth of my baby. I'm all like head spinning now. Yeah, you want to have some more clients? Yeah, I vomited a lot. Oh, this is bullshit. I don't know why we chose me to have this kid. Okay, there's another one. Yeah. Oh, oh fuck. Oh. oh, babe, it's bad. I can't, the pain is so intense. I've been doing this for fucking hours, days. Okay, all right. I'm marking this as severe. Okay. Oh. Now it's hot again. Yeah. Okay. Oh, clothes come off, clothes go on, clothes come off. I need to move. It was a rough 48 hours. Honestly, I didn't know if I could do it. Yeah, you can do this. Oh. You're doing so good. I'm so proud of you. Your body knows how to do this. You know how to do this. Juju knows how to do this. It's all part of it. Want me to read you the little birth mantras? Not really. <laughs> I just may I just want it to end. I know, look at me. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm very tired. Yeah. I really know you can do this. Until finally, baby Juju was coming out and you could actually see him. Keep going, keep going, keep going. 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 Sorry, can I, can I see your face? Sorry, can I get... Yeah, oh. oh, look at him. Oh, my God. Oh, I have no idea what to do with the baby. Fair enough, little guy. Thank you for coming up Thank to you Sydney. <laughs> Uh, it was going to be a little bit harder to come down with a 17-day-old baby who's currently eating on me, <laughs> as he always is. How would you describe the last 17 days? Well, today feels really good. The pain, like the physical pain, has really, really lessened significantly. Mm. I cried for about 10 days. Mm. <laughs> the first few days, maybe, maybe 14 days. The first few days I cried, I think, just the relief of tension maybe holding more tension than I realised, you know, like the whole nine months you're pregnant, you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know if he's going to be okay, you're going to be okay. Even though I didn't think I was nervous about it, 
I think I was holding attention. And then the trauma, I want to call it a trauma of labour. Then I spent a few days super hormonal crying over everything, like him moving out of the house when he grows up, him being bullied at school, him bullying people at school. I just cried about everything. Every time Claire came in the room, I was crying. And she's like, what are you crying about now? Sounds like your hormones that have yeah. been getting higher and higher and higher and higher and higher over the pregnancy. Yeah. And then crescendoed for birth are crashing. Yeah. And leaving you feeling quite unsteady. And then that starts to regulate about now. Yeah. yeah. That's about right. Yeah. You have so many years to cry about that. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. And how have these days been for you, Claire? For me, it's been good. I... I've sort of been in like this like superhuman hyperdrive um, because obviously I love Kai and I love Jude and I I kind of feel a bit more like I can't do the feeding but I can do everything else and so I've been doing everything else. I don't think Kai's filled up a water bottle for two and a half weeks, um, which is great. I definitely have a different view of uh, labour now. Mm. <laughs> I have. Honestly, I think I every time I meet a birth doula or a midwife for the rest of my life, I'm going to be the biggest fangirl. Like, <laughs> it is incredible. Mm. It is really incredible. Like, it is, it is really intense labour. Because mm. even though I was kind of chill about it, I remember telling myself, like, you know, there are billions of mostly women um, giving birth all around the world for hundreds of thousands of years. It can't be that bad, right? Or else why would people do it again? So in my head, I was like, look, it can't actually be that bad, but it is. Oh. <laughs> like, the, oh. the, the word I would use to describe it is brutal. Like yeah. it, it's, it's a lot. Like everything going on in, in the room is a lot, in the body is a lot, the person giving labour, the baby's going through a lot, the support people, the professionals. It's a lot. Mm. I can't believe you do that. Mm. I mean, I don't give birth every day. No, but you're in that You're in that intense space. Like I, I feel for Claire as much as I feel, well, nearly, not as much as I feel for me in that space. But nearly, like it was It was intense for everybody. Once he came out, I heard the mi- one of the midwives whisper to another one saying, I've had this chronic headache. I have to get painkillers. Oh. And I was like, oh, it was even intense for her. <laughs> and she had been silently suffering this headache because she didn't want to leave. Between having a baby, that birthing, and having a baby to look after, there's no pause. Mm. There's no break for you to sit Mm. quietly in reflection and gather all of these questions so that you can have them be heard and be answered and then they crop up later. And you might not even know how they're cropping up. It might just manifest a couple of years down the line where you suddenly don't trust your body because you were listening to your body and doing what it told you to do and it was wrong. Mm. You know, and I'm not saying that will happen, but it's definitely worth, and it's part of what we do in a birth debrief, is collating these questions. I did most of my processing when we got home in bed at night. So after... We'd put him down and he was down for the sleep. I'd lie in bed and that's when I did all the processing, essentially alone in the dark. And I had other things to process too, like somebody who generally likes to be in control in a situation. You know, I like to have control of myself at least to then not feel like I have control of myself in in many ways and, and not wanting to be vulnerable around strangers and not wanting to be intimate with strangers and all these, these ways that I've kind of kept myself safe in life all out the window 
when you're in labor. I think I made a lot of peace with my body through this whole process in many ways. Even now, you know, I'm sitting here right now with a boob out, like <laughs> never would have thought this was possible. That's having a completely biologically normal functional, well, function. It's not even just like, you've got a function. It's like, I respect what you're doing, which is keeping this child alive. There's a lot of respect there for parts of my body that I've never had. Um, and just touch, you know, like again, as someone who's not used to touching strangers, Claire went and took a quick break and the midwife stepped in and massaged my back. Cause that, that to me was the best pain relief was that counter pressure like that. I was, I think I was just thinking like, it's such an intimate personal space in a really beautiful way. Um, and like, I feel this closeness to the staff because you share that moment because you have to put your trust in them and you are vulnerable and and you know you've got that that touch and we had the mood lighting and we had the music and you know and they're in that space with you in that pretty incredible sacred special scary time because I definitely have this strange feeling of closeness to the midwives and the people in the room and I say strange because it's one-sided you know I'm sure it's again just being like well you know you've seen more of me than most of my friends and family and I don't just mean physically I mean being in those kind of deeper darker intense powerful spaces with me and that's something that we don't share with everyone every day so I definitely feel that yearning for connection with the people that were in that room mm. I think and I feel closer to Claire as well You've, you were really curious when we spoke last about where the opportunities for connection might be yeah. Where did you find them? With my body. Mm -hmm. That connection with my body and with Claire. Mm. And again, the people in the room. I didn't know that. Which? That you feel more connected to me. What do you mean when you say that? Like I knew that you were, or I know that you are reliable, consistent there, but like you're really there. And I think you, like I just have this trust, you know, like I was, scared and vulnerable and you just took over in a way that I knew you would, but now I've felt it and seen it. What are you really grateful to Claire for? Like, what would you say thank you to her for? Meeting me in the space that I needed. Before it, I was saying to Claire, you know, I want it to be fun. I want us to laugh. I want us to like muck around. It's, you know, it's gotta be this joyful experience. And about 10 minutes in, I was like, no laughing, this is not joyful. I don't know what I was thinking. And I think you just, you met me at each stage in the mood that I was in. And then you just pushed on my back for 13, 14, 15 hours consistently, even when I couldn't feel you. And then when I could feel you, you were just so there. And then, you know, I think the laughter and the joking came back almost as soon as he was born, you know, like we both, we're in that same emotional headspace. And we went back to being jokey and went back to being playful. And yeah, to me, that was important. You know, you weren't there with your own agenda. You weren't there, I don't know. You just felt very there for me and for our son and for what we needed. Claire, yeah. I've watched a lot of emotions kind of go across your face in the last <laughs> couple of minutes. Do you want to tell us how it feels to hear that? Yeah, I'm feeling emotional hearing that actually. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just really nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a hard thing to watch you go through. And like that that point that Kai mentioned earlier about I took a one once, I left once. 
And that was actually when I had reached my threshold and I could feel the overwhelm getting too high because there was like no lull at any point in time really during the day. Mm. And I just went outside and like just like looked at the sky. It was nighttime. Looked at the sky, felt my feet on the ground, took some breaths and just reset and came back in. And that was actually all I had needed. But, um, yeah, I guess it's just it's nice to be appreciated. Yeah. Mm. Nice to know that was meaningful. Yeah. He's crying too. We all are. It's a little family cry. Do you want to tell Kai what you're really grateful for? Kai really just showed up. Like, they just did it. And every sort of stage as things sort of progressed, you just kept managing like you're watching somebody who's in intense amounts of like pain discomfort you were really tired and you just persisted you just kept going you just like at no point like did I get any cues from you that you were not capable of doing exactly what you did. You never really seemed to actually be struggling. And that just blew my mind. What are you proud of yourself for? I'm probably proud of myself for not letting body issues and shame and stuff get in the way and for being present in the moment, um, whether I had choice or not. But I think I went into it just being like, be in the moment, trust your body. And I think I did that. So I think leaving a lifetime of baggage at the door. I think I'm just proud of the, I think I was incredibly capable. I think probably, I would say almost every single one of your contractions that you had in the hospital, I had my hands on your body helping. I don't know, I think I took a lot of the lead and I think built space around you that I couldn't always tell was actually helpful for you, but that I think made a difference. So if you were to give three words to describe that process, the labor, the birth, not really going into any of postpartum, what would your three words each be? Intimate, fascinating, and Primal. Intimate was like everything from the lighting to the music to the touch to the nudity to the vulnerability. Fascinating because you learn, I think, about yourself and about other people and also just about the medical system and about the body. And then primal because it was that real body, that real instinct, that real not having a concept of time and not really understanding space and being aware of your body's needs and so aware of body temperature and water and you know like going back to the basics of what do I need I need air and water and touch that's what I need have you got your three words one of them for me is honestly just hospital like Mm. that was a huge influence on the setting and the experience there's an aesthetic to a hospital isn't there second word would be yeah surreal is probably the word I'm looking for Yeah, there's a photo of Kai and I holding him and our eyes are just like dish plates. Third word, maybe. I would say care. Like, 
there was a lot of care that was on offer including Kai's care for him after he was born. And also I think you at one point were asking me like, are you okay? Like, what do you need? And I remember thinking, dude, like, <laughs> that's fine. I'm fine. You know, the last thing you need to care about right now is like what I'm needing. But it was nice to kind of have that be offered. Were there any moments that either of you felt genuinely scared for Kai's safety or Jude's safety? The only time I had a moment was between when he was born and when he took his first breath. And it wasn't a long time, it wasn't even, it would have been a very normal amount of time between when he was out in the world and when he took that breath. But that's what you're listening for, right? <laughs> it's like, just breathe. And, um, and that was one of the big things that I had felt emotional about before the birth was like, I'm gonna get to watch my son's first ever breath in this, in this world. Like, isn't that just, divine. So there was, a, I guess, a, a sentiment there for me around really making sure I was there for that. And, you know, when you're waiting for your son to take a breath, that was probably the first moment that I was like, okay. Breath is also really important to you. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like as something that you do to regulate and to connect to nature. And also that's why watching him take his first breath was really important to you. But also breath is like the thing that we are always doing, that we all share. I've noticed with him, I really like it when he exhales, I deliberately inhale to get his breath. Oh, really nice. <laughs> that is probably the biggest thing I've had in a really long time. <laughs> because Kai wasn't afraid, I wasn't afraid. And it made it much easier for me to not be afraid. I got a bit afraid before labor do you remember like I got um quite emotional and that's when we had the discussion about what what do we do if something's wrong and I oh god I'm gonna cry now <laughs> and I was like whatever you do like just don't leave him like leave me don't leave him mm. and I think I got scared then I can't believe I'm crying now but I think when I got into labor I think I like made a conscious decision to be present and I think the fear went away but the closer we got to labor, like past the due date in that kind of time, I started to feel a little bit of anxiety creeping in. Cause leading up to that, I was like, no, it's fucking exciting. I'm excited, can't wait, mm. it's gonna be great. And the fear just crept in in those kind of last few days. But then I think I, I left it at the door and just was in the moment and not scared. There's one moment that really stands out for me and it was a really small moment, but it was really significant for me and it was, shit was getting real and it was between, between contractions and I turned to Claire and I like leant in for a hug. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> and I saw the midwife clock it and she like turned her back to give us space. And I just remember that so clearly, her so respect. And she, I think she turned to the computer and was pretending to type something and just like let us just hug for a moment. And I don't know, that just really stands out. Like I noticed it at the time and it stuck with me. And I think those little moments of respect, she thought it was important for us to have that moment and for her to stop what she was doing. And I think to me, yeah, that was a really key moment of showing respect and, and allowing us to have that space. And I think prior to that, like I'd kind of been, you know, wanting to be strong. It was important to me because that was the first moment where I like lent in and was like, <laughs> comfort me, <laughs> make me feel better. I can't do this in that real childlike way. I can't remember oh. a lot of like minutiae. The, the things that I can remember, yeah, I just, 
Yeah, so much physical closeness between you and I. Mm. It really did just feel like it was the two of us in the room most of the time, for me anyway. Because you'd have a certain face that I could tell that you were particularly thirsty. <laughs> and you would almost always drink when you had that face. That's love. <laughs> you had a particular face that you would do when you were thirsty, like, fuck, that's love. <laughs> when I first sat down, when I first arrived, you used two words to describe your birth. You used traumatic and you used mm. brutal. Mm. And yet, I haven't heard you refer to it like that again in the course of the conversation. Has something changed in the last mm. couple of hours? They were the words I used in the first few days. And mm. I think that was the pain and the shock and the that real physical part. Because that is, like, the physical part is brutal. Like, mm. there's a lot of blood and there's mm. a lot of tearing. Claire's sister said yesterday, this is why women don't go to war. They don't need to. <laughs> like, they've got childbirth. <laughs> but now that we talk about it and we talk about, and it's bringing back all the memories of what we're proud of and what Claire did in the room and the space that, you know, the midwife gave us. And that's what's really important. You know, the, the blood dries up and the wounds heal. Takes 17 days for the wounds to heal, but they heal. So I think it's actually now that we're reflecting on what's really important and what safety means to me and safety to me means looking up and seeing my partner's face right there or feeling her hands on my back. I think initially brutal makes sense as you physically feel exhausted and tired and sore. And then when that fades, what I really remember and what matters to me is the love, support, respect. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to um, thank you for pointing that out because I think when I hear you and have heard you talk about it being brutal or traumatic, that's always been a surprise to me because I had a very different read. I guess I get a sense that you were trying to describe like the magnitude of this experience using language that's impactful, but it was a surprise for me to hear you describe your birth as brutal and, and, and as a trauma. Even now I feel this connection to the millions of other people who have gone through this where it's like I suddenly want to talk to people about their birth. In the past you'd be like, oh, yeah, what does your baby weigh and how long were you in labour for and that was it. Now it's like I want to ask everybody, like, what position were you in and how, what did you feel and what did you think? And the use of the words like brutal is because going into it, I don't think I really realised just how big labour is. But, yeah, I think I can probably shed those words. And that's more. why we debrief. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Nailed it. I think you've just inspired me to ask one closing question. Yeah, that's fine. If you've got a bit of wisdom to share, what would that be? Um, my advice, early pregnancy is get a really good support person. Don't just have your partner there because they're your partner if they're useless. Have somebody that you trust because you, like that, that was the saving grace for me. I'm lucky that I have the partner I have. And then after that, it's like, trust your body and just surrender. <laughs> and, and in that surrendering, not only will you make it easier, but you get to really experience it, I guess. Like you get to really, I think you get to experience something really special if you don't fight it. And I think that's the connection that I feel like I have to all of the millions of people that have given birth or even witnessed a birth. Like I didn't, like even just being present at it. Like I feel like it's some secret society that's not so secret. And we know that big life events, you know, like, like COVID brought people together. 
car accidents bring people together. I think labour brings people together and it gives us an opportunity to, to go to places that we don't get to go within ourselves and with each other. And I'm so excited about Claire giving birth because now I get to... I get to experience it again without the physical pain, the connection and the moment, and I get to witness you do something that I'm sure I'll be very proud of and impressed and inspired by. And I always thought labour was about getting a baby, you know? It was just a means to the end. And we've barely spoken about the baby. Mm. And labour in itself is, like, it's its own it's its own event. It's not just about how do I get a baby. It's actually its own special thing if you want it to be or if you let it be. And then you get a baby at the end too. <laughs> I feel really privileged to have been invited in to listen to your story. It's really special. And I just want to say thank you for your honesty and your time and your vulnerability and like being given this opportunity to just sit and be here with you through that. No, I need to thank you. Also in the way that you prepared us for the birth. As you saw, we were a discombobulated mess of low-key relaxation and underpreparedness, <laughs> and you helped us redefine the values that we had into how we wanted to understand what birth and what the process could be like and how we wanted to take charge of that, and it just completely recalibrated the way that we were interacting with the birth. I think in part we were trying to be very like, well, we don't want to have too many expectations because we don't want to create opportunities for increased distress based on having too high expectations. Mm -hmm. But you helped to feel like there was a way of having agency and information that was empowering as opposed to it being controlling. And that was really important, especially because it was like deriving that from our values and how we wanted to be as parents and how we wanted to be with each other. And so many tidbits of information that you gave us. I was like, oh my God, no wonder people pay for dollars. <laughs> it is just, it was such a game changer. I can't remember the exact question or point, but it was along the lines of what do you, what, like, how are you going to manage it? And I was like, well, I don't know, I've never, done birth before like I have no idea and you're like well what do you usually do what do you do now when you're feeling stressed or what do you do now to support each other in your relationship and I was like oh wait you mean we have the tools and we came home and we wrote lists we sat here one night and wrote ourselves and for each other and what we want to do and that was all inspired by you and yeah just you brought us into the room you brought us into the birth and that was something that I felt like we were being more yeah, passive observers and passive participants because we, I don't know, you're trying to follow a template or something, I don't know, but you made us a bit more visible, I mm. guess, to each other and to the way that we were planning and then the way I think that we were able to show up as a result of that mm. made a, like a completely, I don't think we would have had the experience that we did if we hadn't had those conversations with you. So you really influenced one of the biggest moments of our life. <laughs> From an email saying, do you want to come and do a podcast interview with me? It's, I feel like such a cliche to be like on the other side of this because like I've heard this sort of narrative around birth and medical model. And like I, I, I cognitively believed it and agreed with it before this process. But now that we've had it, I was like, yeah, we're doing birth wrong you know, culturally, the where the births are happening and how they're happening and how we support people who are birthing and 
all of that and even just the common kind of stories about what you do when you have a baby and what that's meant to look like and what the expectation it's just and the money behind it like yeah anyway huge difference I think needs to be changed it's not brutal and trauma it's like mm-hmm. my supportive loving partner and this mm-hmm. the beauty of the specialness of birth and now I'm on a team of people who've born babies in the world and wow like I'm a card carrying birth giver you know it's a really it's different magic. shift in Kai's connection with the labor with the, our connection obviously with each other you heard us say earlier that we haven't really had a chance to just debrief the two of us we've sort of been debriefing near each other with other people in mm-hmm. front of each other but I don't even think that was debriefing. I feel like we've been telling a story yeah. to other people. Yeah. yeah. And so this is you doing your thing, doing your sort of, you know, your doula thing, which is absolutely supporting a very different way of bringing meaning and connection to this experience, to each other, to being alive, maybe. Oh, gosh. How long ago was it that I got an email from you? A really long Six time ago. ago. Yeah. months ago, something like that. It was a really long yeah. time ago. I get this random email from this person who wants to talk to me. But it was such an, such a personalised email. I get a lot of junk emails from people who want me to give them their, my time. But your email said to me, I see you and I'm interested. And I got this little like, ooh, I'm curious. And then we had this Zoom call and at the Zoom call, I kind of get nervous and I'm at home and I'm in my pajamas with like rabbit ears on and stuff. And it's just two strangers at the end of the computer. And I'm, and so then when you arrived at my house, I was still like pretty nervous. I don't know these people at all. And I also felt this responsibility. I felt like I was being given this opportunity to talk about something really important you know, to talk about birth, to talk about the work doulas do, to talk about personal responsibility for your own birth experience and story. And I didn't want to fuck that up. (laughs) I wanted to make sure that I could do that opportunity justice. And so I was a little bit nervous. And I remember that as soon as you turn the mics off and we're like, we're done, (sighs) I felt really connected to both of you. And I felt like you needed to come over and onto the sofa that we were on and like, I felt like we had this really easy conversation. It was like just before due date and I just could not stop thinking about you. But I realized in that, that I really cared already. Like I really cared how you were doing. And so to turn up here today, I literally prepared nothing. I didn't think about it. I didn't worry about it. When you said we could Zoom, I was like, fuck no, because I want to see you because I care about you and like, maybe that's a bit weird. You know, we've had an email and a phone call and we've met once before that. But I really wanted to be here with you and to be in your presence and to hear this story in real life and to kind of meet you on this side of that massive transformational event, you know. So the big question of, you know, what is connection and how do we get it and how do we get more of it and why is it so amazing? Like, I don't know, but I think we've done some of that Mm. Mm. and it's been really powerful. Mm. One thing I'm learning through this journey is that you can't force connection. You can put yourself in a place to connect and you can think about, well, you know, what what will work for me or what won't, but I think you can't force it. You just kind of dump yourself in a spot and I kind of dumped myself in your life. And then there's something that happens, which I can't necessarily put my finger on, where connection happens. And I can see elements of it, which is vulnerability, 
honesty, truth. Like there's these reoccurring themes and that kind of shedding of shame. It's almost like a recipe where you can throw in these ingredients. But just like baking a cake, you can throw in all the right ingredients and and sometimes it rises and sometimes it doesn't. So I think there's still, like, I don't necessarily know what makes it rise and what doesn't. I think with you, you invited vulnerability. And when I online stalked you before contacting you, you know, you can see the vulnerability and you can see the truth and you can see you showing up to space. And that's why I was interested in getting you on board. And I think we made a conscious decision to show up in that space as well and be honest and be ourselves. And we're already vulnerable because we were doing something huge entering parenthood. And I think we had all those kind of right ingredients. And then there was a sprinkle of something on top, which I can't name. So I went on a journey to find out what other people are doing to bring more meaning and connection into their lives. I wanted to find something that I could be doing to bring more meaning and connection in my life. I just, I felt like something was missing from my life and I just felt like there was room for more. And I didn't really know what it was that I was looking for, but I was hoping that when I found it, I would say, aha, there it is, that's what I've been looking for. And I didn't know where this journey would take me. And I trusted in the process and I trusted in the universe and I trusted in my fellow humans and I was not let down. I had an amazing adventure, a relaxing, wonderful holiday. I made a podcast which I'd never done before and I learnt a lot. don't know if anyone noticed any of the mistakes along the way, but uh, I learned from them. And most of all, I met some incredible people who were so trusting in me to tell their story and to hold that space for them and to do their story justice. And that to me was amazing. All of these people that I met were just so welcoming and so thoughtful and so generous and I asked really personal questions and I really dove into some of their most challenging, darkest, hardest times. You know, people really were willing to go there with me and by going there with me, they that's where the connection began with that openness and with that vulnerability. As far as connection, I was looking for that one thing that I should be doing to bring more meaning and connection into my life. And I found lots of things that I could be doing. After every person that I met, I had decided, oh, I'm absolutely gonna play pickleball. I absolutely gonna meditate every day. That's really easy. I'm absolutely gonna work in a soup kitchen. Maybe I'll go on radio, That'll, that'll be pretty cool. Um, after staying off grid, I called my partner and said, hey, just so you know, we might be moving house soon. To be honest, since coming back, I haven't started any of those things, but I have had a baby. So, you know, cut me some slack. What has started to shift in me and what has started to change is to be more vulnerable, to lean into vulnerability to, to look for some kind of radical acceptance and to 
be more aware and to be more present, but also to be more aware of others, to look out for when someone might need to be seen and heard and held, to give them time and listen to their stories and open my door to connection in case they want to open theirs too. What connects each of these stories and what the thread that runs through each people's journey is starting to make sense to me, but I want to keep exploring it. And also, I'm wondering if what brings me meaning and connection is having these conversations with people. As Scotty in episode three said, having really great conversations can be really addictive. And I think I'm a little bit addicted. I just feel like I've scratched the surface of this journey and the amount, I'll let you in on a little uh, behind the scenes insight here, the amount of people that agreed to be on the podcast, but I couldn't make it to their location on time. I had to keep traveling. There were a lot of stories that I could have told that just didn't work out. But once you scratch the surface, you find there are a lot of people with a lot of interesting stories to tell who are doing some really cool, really radical, really unique, really interesting things. And I want to go and find those people because I'm hooked. I want to be back on those roads and I want to be meeting those people and I want to be telling those stories and I want to be trying out whatever it is that they do because this is just the beginning. I think since this podcast has been released, I have had people I've never met before and people that I haven't seen in 10, 20 years, some people from high school who have reached out and said, I've, I've heard your podcast and this is my story and this is my connection and this is what brings me meaning. And that right there is connection and it's meaningful. And I went into this not really understanding what the terms meaning and connection is but knowing that it's powerful and knowing that it's important and I'm stoked that there are people out there who value meaning and connection in this search for meaning and connection as much as I have and do and so I really hope that all of those people that have reached out to me that all of the people listening and all of the future listeners will join me as I continue my search my journey for what brings people meaning and connection. This was the final episode of Towards Connection for this season. Thank you for listening and for joining me on this journey towards connection. I hope to be able to bring you a second season soon. So you don't miss out on any future episodes, make sure you follow the podcast in your podcast app and on social media. And drop me a message to say hi. Connection, right? If you like the podcast, please leave a review and please spread the word because the more listeners it gets, the more episodes I can make. And finally, I wanted to say a huge thank you to all of the season one guests for their trust in me, their generosity of time and for sharing their story. This podcast was created by me, Kai Noonan. Audio production by Harry Hughes. Script editing and advising by Adam Hughes. Check us out on Instagram. Just search Towards Connection.